town has been. Who's there to write to anyway? Welcome to episode six of Gotham TV podcast, the unofficial podcast about the Gotham TV show and all connected DC universe. I'm John, one of your hosts. And I'm Derek, I'm another one of your hosts. And this is obviously a very special, very exciting uh, very podca- <laughs> podcast and very unplanned because we had the trailer and the teaser trailer uh, last night. Uh, May 5th for the Gotham series and that was hot on the heels of finding out that it was scheduled for a 13 episode season by Fox. All in all great great news last night and in fact we didn't even mind being rudely interrupted watching the Batman 75 discussion panel from the Paley Centre as well. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Sitting up late uh, watching that. It's, uh, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning uh, or 12 o'clock at night, I think, um, when we heard the announcement of the 13-episode pickup. We spoke last week that Fox will probably be releasing their schedule for autumn. Next week, the 12th of May, they'll be releasing the dates when all their shows will premiere. Just didn't expect that there'd be this confirmation that they'd be picking it up for full it's, 13 episodes. Yeah, it's the uh, first one of the season where all the TV networks are announcing what they're picking up, what they're going to carry forward into the autumn schedule and so on, and what they're going to run with. And this is the first one to get confirmation, yeah. I believe. Yeah, absolutely. It was completely unexpected last night. As I said, we were sitting up watching the uh, Batman 75 panel, which we posted about on Facebook and Twitter. Really enjoying it. A great panel with uh, with Kevin Conroy and uh, and Kevin Smith. Central yeah, to Michael Uslan as well. So yeah. really good. And in fact, uh, one of the audience, they asked the question about Gotham and... You know, was this all going to be connected with other aspects of the DC universe? Uh, obviously, considering the Arrow and, and the Flash TV show in the works, yeah. obviously Constantine, uh, and actually the, the the panel were fairly silent on on, on this. Um, not entirely unsurprising. Yeah, um, I think I think Kevin Smith said, uh, "I'd love to work on the show. Give me a call. Give me a call," because he loves Batman. Obviously, yeah. a great Batman. Evening and a great Gotham evening yeah. for May the fifth. Brilliant! Really, really excited. Absolutely. So during the... and we have a podcast and we have a podcast, which is great news. So we know that uh, that we're gonna at least have thirteen episodes to uh, to cover of coming in the autumn, and hopefully we'll hear some news about when it's going to broadcast in the UK and Ireland very soon. But the other great thing last night, just before the Paley Fest, they announced they were going to do a trailer during twenty four. On Fox, the big return of 24, which is a very popular series if uh, if you haven't watched it. But 8.1 million people in the US watched it last night. Uh, so a great platform. We saw the teaser trailer, which was a short 35-second spot showcasing Gotham. And we thought, brilliant. Shared it. Talked about it on Facebook. Went back and forth with a bunch of people on Twitter and a bunch of the, uh, of the stars. I jokingly made the comment that uh, I hope we're going to get to see it in Ireland. It was posted immediately on YouTube. And then I said, I hope we're going to see a longer version and got a response saying, don't worry about it, won't be long. Didn't take any heed to it at all. And within about 15 minutes, we'd completely missed the full trailer. Two minutes long had been posted. Yeah, up on Entertainment Weekly. So really So good. we're here to talk about that, really. Yeah, the extended uh, trailer for Gotham that was aired last night. We're here to talk about that. So what are your overall impressions, your initial 
overall impressions? Yeah, I suppose initial impressions. Loved it. Um, it's shown us much more than I thought we'd see this early. I definitely thought the teaser was pretty much going to be it. The teaser that they showed originally, very short clip, showed very quick snippets. If you freeze frame everything, you see a shot of most of the characters. Yeah. But I think the actual trailer itself has given us a lot to talk about. It's given us some, some good details of each of the characters and their interplay between each other. Yeah, I, I was really surprised immediately how dark, seedy, brooding it was. We, we've talked about how we would hope it would be Nolan-esque in terms of its darkness. Yeah. And that kind of came across to me anyway, Absolutely. initially. I think one of the reasons for that is probably that they used the same tune that they tend to use in a lot of these things with the the kind of bombastic music to to kind of denote the time as it goes through the real kind of every time a word appears on screen there's a big bombastic boom in the music the feel i mean it it seemed gritty and then as you say and i completely agree with you some amazing sort of sequences throughout the the two minute trailer between some of the key characters jim oswald jim Harvey Bullock, Fish Mooney, mm -hmm. Jim Gordon, all these really good interplay between the some of the main characters and of course then Jim and Bruce Wayne, the young Bruce Wayne. Absolutely. And I suppose I think this is the right point to say it. We presume, if you're listening to this episode so far ahead of the broadcast time, that you're really interested and you have your own thoughts on uh, on what's going to come up in Gotham. We think there's going to be quite a lot of spoilers from our trailer breakdown. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, it's time to not listen any further we presume you're going to listen further so on to the review and the breakdown of the extended trailer um so the trailer starts with this monologue of who we think is the commissioner mm. maybe commissioner Loeb. we're not entirely sure he's played by john doman and for any of you who are fans of the wire you'll recognize him instantly as Deputy Commissioner for Operations. That's a really great bit of uh, casting to have um, such a, a, a weighty actor playing that role of Commissioner and certainly someone who, in his TV career at least, is so well known for playing a policeman um, within such a great and iconic series such as The Wire. So that's really interesting, yeah. straight off the bat. Exactly. So he looks like he's got a promotion and been sent to Gotham. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, there's this monologue that comes from him, and it just seems to set the scene for this city as a living, breathing, sort of organic mass of people, of filth, of chaos. And he, he starts off with, I love this city and I see it going to hell. Sometimes I think this place is cursed. I won't see it fall apart without a fight. Mm. And it's just the determination coming from him that kind of just sets and tees up what I think the show potentially is about, this city and, and, and its trials and tribulations within it. It's really quite a powerful opening, I think, and certainly by someone such as John Doman as the commissioner, re really good opening. Yeah, and then it's, you know, it's quickly followed by our first glimpse of Drew Powell playing uh, Butch Gilsian. He's, you know, undercutting the commissioner's speech of about the scum yeah. and villainy in the city. It's, it's showing the uh, henchman of Fish Mooney in his first quick snippet of him kicking the face off someone basically yeah uh, yeah or the cameraman by the looks of things <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah then it cuts to the cuts to uh to the mayor of the city uh giving a speech to the to the public about the death of the wayne family seems pretty broken up and again he reiterates you know this is his city 
He won't let it fall to the killers, robbers, rapists and thugs. He won't let them win uh, while he's around. We think that is Mayor Aubrey James. Mm-hmm. And he... again, another another upgrade from another series. Uh, he's played by Richard Kind, who played Paul Lasseter in yeah. Spin City. He's, he was the press secretary to the New York mayor. And now he's the mayor of Gotham. So, uh, you know, they seem to be taking a couple of characters from other TV shows and giving them a little upgrade and bump in salary and pop them onto this show. Yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. And... Um... He's he's on the TV, as Derek has said, and it's really good kind of start of a sequence just showing the interplay between Harvey Bullock, played by Donal Logue, and Jim Gordon, obviously played by, by Ben McKenzie. And they seem to be either in the briefing room of the Major Crimes Unit or within the offices of the Major Crimes Unit in, in Gotham City Police Department. There's a great look from Ben McKenzie, from Jim Gordon to Harvey Bullock. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, the minute I saw it, there's something really deep in that look from, from Ben McKenzie. He's either been told by Harvey Bullock in the past that this city needs a strong hold on it and needs to be the killers the robbers the rapists and thugs can't win at any cost and there's very much a look on his face of he's not too sure whether he need whether he can trust harvey yet or not there's very much that kind of look in his eyes he's got a little bit of a looks like a little bit of anger a little bit of an aggression there towards harvey already and that's seen in one quick scene you know it's difficult to know where these players where these characters play out um in the sense that you're hearing the mayor talk about thugs, rapists, killers, criminals, robbers, and so on. And as you say, there's this telling look across, and is that something that suggests that Harvey Bullock, that he's a criminal, or Jim Gordon thinks he's a criminal at this stage? Is it that he looks across knowing, as you say, that there's been some kind of conversation between the two, saying, you know, this town is not for nice guys. Mm -hmm. You have to get stuck in. You have to dish the dirt to get the job done, to survive and to get results as a a detective. It's time that I have to do what Harvey Bullock has been telling me to do and get my hands dirty in order to to bring these thugs, rapists and and killers to heel. Just the other person in that scene, we think it's it's either Renan Montoya or... Or the chief. Yeah, I think it's Captain Essen in the background. She's is a blurred image, uh, but I I I would think it's Captain Essen. It's it seems to be evocative of the incident or briefing room where they would go over the evidence and what. We cut onto onto Oswald Cobblepot. So excellent. Yeah, really liked right like from Taylor here. He he kind of takes a takes the role and and he looks he looks scared. He looks. He looks like he's been beaten and battered and bruised by Jim. It looks like there's been a good old punch-up between the two of them. Uh, and he tells Jim that he sees a terrible war coming. He's clearly angry, you know, Gordon looking at him, incredulous about what he's talking about. What he's, what does Oswald Colpot know that Gordon doesn't know? What's, what information can he, can he give to him? Throughout the trailer, we keep seeing Oswald pushing further and further back towards the towards the bay, essentially towards yeah. Gotham Bay, with Jim Gordon Jim's coming friend. at him, uh, threatening him to the point where he stood with him with a gun to his head, mm-hmm. and Harvey watching on the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You, you see this great image of Jim Gordon coming towards Oswald Cobblepot, and just in the background, you see this figure coming between sort of the the pallets or the crates that are on the dockland. And you can tell it's Harvey Bullock, and it's a it's a great little scene of all these three. It's Jim Gordon, in a sense, I would say getting his hands dirty. But it's a it's a great sequence because you have Oswald Cobblepot talking about, as you say, this war coming, and he says that there will be chaos, 
rivers of blood in the streets. I know it. Does it mean he has planned it? He's somehow involved in the creation of this for himself or for somebody? It's a really good sequence between him as a criminal, but also then for Jim Gordon. It shows that the MCU is going to be huge amounts of different shades of grey. It's not simply black and white. It's not going to simply be ideological. Jim definitely is such a strong part of his character and would need to be there, certainly from things like Batman Year One, but that he dips his toe in these murky waters of being sort of a bit more ruthless with how he goes about his his job. And that's why that idealism gets even stronger as you move on to his character development. And it's some of the stuff we've talked about when we did our our Gotham Central coverage. Uh, you know, the the Gotham City PD are you know are willing to go out and do whatever they need to to get their criminal. Speaking of which, we get our intro to Christmas Allen, and this time I think it is Renna Montoya in the scene. Yeah, in the she's scene got of her, her just back, got her back, and the back of her head is, is to the camera. Yeah. yeah, you could tell Christmas Allen in a second there. <laughs> yeah, that's all a bald guy with a goatee. You know, it's perfect. And and this is then Harvey Bullock's introduction of Jim Gordon to some of his colleagues. He seems to be in yeah. a diner, I think, or maybe it's a bar. This becomes another great set piece of just the dynamic between these two characters and, and giving a bit of flavour yeah. towards it. Um, it's exciting after reading 20 issues of Gotham Central to see these two characters. You know, don't even get a line out of the two of them, but I'm just excited to see them. <laughs> yeah, coming together. Um, and just this idea, you killed people before, says Harvey Bullock. Um, to Jim's response is, that was war. So it gives that flavour of Jim Gordon being ex-military as well. To which Harvey Bullock then replies, this is war, we're at war. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that the Gotham City police, the people of Gotham, are at war with chaos, corruption and criminality. And this, in my mind, ties back to the mayor's speech that we spoke about um, towards the beginning of the trailer. Uh, And that look that Jim gives Harvey about this idea that you know, this isn't Metropolis, like we spoke in Gotham Central and when we're looking at the Gotham Central comics with Captain Essen and the Commissioner on the roof, this echoes that in my mind, that the police are just as much on the front line at the moment with the chaos. This isn't a Metropolis. This isn't a Starling City. This is Gotham, and Gotham will rip you up, chew you, and spit you out if you let it. You have to give as good as you get to survive and function in Gotham. Yeah, absolutely. In the first statement of the guys that edited this trailer together put into bold letters was witness the origins of this infamous city. This is about the creation of what we know as Gotham in the later uh, Batman series, I suppose. Um, So yeah, but from that point onwards, then we get the other big character of this trailer. This is the big reveal of Fish Mooney. We haven't seen her at all. She's not dressed like a fish. She's not, and she doesn't have chips. Yeah. And she certainly isn't covered in mayo or tomato ketchup. <laughs> um, but, I mean, she looks great yeah. in my mind. She has a swagger. She is cool. She just oozes coolness yeah. and confidence. Yeah, there's that first line to Jim Gordon directly to his face is like, I see a little danger in your eye, and I want to know where you take that. She recognises, is that a kindred spirit? You know, what is going to happen there? She comes across as being a mobster, a gangland boss and the owner of a club who she knows what she wants. She's ruthless about it. 
but she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Yeah. And it's something that we see later on where she just says, and it's somebody off camera or just blurry with their back to the camera. We don't know who he is. I think we can assume it's a he. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, somebody has to take over. It might as well be me. And a few moments later, in a very short snippet of, of the trailer, you see her attacking again someone in her club who we think is that same person that she's just been speaking to. It seems like she's smashing him with a chair from the club. She is not afraid to get her hands dirty. That's the type of person she is, and she will go after what she wants. Yeah, so we'd speculated in the past, in our, our second episode, I think, when we talked about the cast and some of our thoughts about what was happening in the future, we speculated that Fish was kind of the head of the food chain, then Butch Galzian is sitting underneath her, and then below that was Oswald Cufflepuff. What we're learning here from from this little snippet in the trailer, what we seem to be learning is that somebody above Fish, she doesn't like that. It looks like she's going after this person. It looks like she's going after the power. She kind of says, somebody has to take over. It might as well be me, is what she says. So It's very intriguing. This new theory that's kind of forming in my head about Fish Mooney is that maybe she is the one doing the usurping of the person above her, her boss. Mm-hmm. She seizes the moment. She takes it the bull by the horns and seizes her moment to become the new crime lord, the new mobster of Gotham, to become head of this criminal hierarchy. And in my mind, actually, as well, the interesting thing from this trailer, even with Oswald's Cobblepot being interrogated almost by mm. Jim Gordon. Very much that, so, the blood all over him yeah, tells you that. <laughs> like, he doesn't give anything away he doesn't name anyone in, in the that sequence in those few scenes mm-hmm. uh, of this trailer uh, where jim and oswald copperbot are interacting it comes across to me that oswald actually may be quite loyal to fish mooney even though he's not her second in command that it's almost in my head i said i thought of a sith relationship where he is learning from her he is seeing how she does it because she's good at what she does and that ultimately that may in future episodes be her downfall is that she's imparted too much knowledge to him and he uses that for his own moment uh, in some kind of future episode because um, you see him holding an umbrella over her in an alleyway she's beating the living daylights out of someone maybe ki- kills them. Yeah, I had to um, scan, had to scan that scene quite a few times to make sure it was her. I was kind of I was wondering is that somebody else? And then it definitely looks like yeah, her underneath yeah. underneath the hat with a veil on with a with the umbrella over her head. She's surrounded by her heavies, but she's willing to take up the crowbar and beat somebody with it. You know, I think that's an interesting relationship that maybe Oswald Cobblepot can hide his ambition from her enough that she takes him on board and is very much willing to involve him in her uh, organization. I, I find that really uh, an interesting in part to it. I think another side as well that is equally interesting just before she hits the the guy over the head and she says her phrase about someone has to take over it might as well be me the camera zooms in onto her club and there's this neon fish but there are some posters three or four of them just to the left of of that shot as, as the shot zooms in there's mayoral election posters with the slogan he's got your back Mayor Obrey James. Mm. And you, the immediate question is, whose back does he have? Is it the criminals? Is it the citizens, the people of Gotham? In my own head, I think 
if he was running on a platform of fighting crime, being anti-corruption, of shutting down these mobs, I wouldn't expect those to be right outside her club. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would expect them to be ripped down and to be covered over with another poster giving the Sunday lineup at Fish Mooney's club. (laughs) You know, the dancing girls, whatever is shown in her club. So... That was kind of a nice little aside. That's a good, that's there a good as catch. Well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that myself. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Um. The other big piece of the of the trailer is, I suppose, our Bruce and Gordon dynamic is shown pretty clearly here. They show the murder of Bruce's parents in the trailer, followed by the most gut wrenching scream of a of a child uh, after losing his parents. It is anybody who knows the Batman mythos knows that this is what sets up Bruce Wayne to become Batman: the death of his parents. And it is that blood-curdling scream that will echo through through the rest of his life, essentially. Um, yeah, that shock, that scream of the horror of mm-hmm. his parents being murdered is really affecting, and it's it's really it feels monumental, and it should be because the Wayne's death seems to me to be being put up front and center of this show, the the real kickoff point for everything that happens to some extent, both for good or for evil is going to be such a, a large part of this show to kick it off. As an aside, one of the things about his roar, his scream, it sounded like the roar of a cat, of a of a panther. And it's probably just because I was dead excited about the whole trailer and I probably hearing things. I was probably hallucinating at this point. <laughs> no, I watched the trailer too. And I, I, when you pointed it out to me, I could definitely hear it. But uh, I'm also a Carolina Panthers fan, so it could have been, uh, could have been hearing the panther roar in there. I think it's also that, it sounds like a guttural feral scream essentially yeah but it's not it's not necessarily just a child crying over their parents it is oh my god this has happened it's a really guttural scream that turns into something that does sound like a panther listen to it um i think john's point is pretty valid yeah yeah i just wondered whether it was some kind of link to Catwoman, sort of you know maybe i don't know i mean which probably just invalidates exactly what you said the sound seemed to just trail into that in my my Mm. own mind and yeah maybe it was just that elemental wild sound of rawness of that moment yeah Um, Yeah. but it it was really interesting. And we start to get some quick looks at some of the other characters that are in there. We see Alfred standing over the grave directly after that of the of the Waynes. Very reminiscent of the Batman Earth One front cover. Alfred, you know, behind Bruce Wayne at Thomas and Martha's funeral. Mm-hmm. And it's really reminiscent of that. With the mayor standing um, behind them there, yeah. Okay, I understand that, you know, a lot of people are probably aware of Alfred Pennyworth, young Bruce Wayne relationship. And I was just kind of wondering whether they would have shown more if he had a slightly different focus or a slightly different thrust to his character where he wasn't just simply a butler, but maybe he was a mentor for the young Bruce Wayne. And Mm. you do get that interesting little part of the trailer where Jim Gordon, almost in a mentor-like fashion, is talking with Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is kind of saying how he's becoming to conquer and learn how to conquer uh, the fear that he's he's had from experiencing the death and the robbery of his parents in the alleyway. And and Jim Gordon, again, harking back to maybe some of his military training, says fear doesn't need conquering. Fear helps to tell you where the edge is. It kind of hones your senses. And maybe Jim Gordon's role through the investigation of the murders is also a mentoring role because, Mm. as you've said, he promises to find the killers of 
Thomas and Martha Wayne. And for me, that's quite a huge point as well for this TV show because of potentially where that takes you in that kind of investigation. You know, is it going to be a big person that ultimately is identified as being the person responsible? Is it a tip of the iceberg type situation where it's someone within organized crime who's been told, go out, get rid of them. You know, they're causing too much trouble. They're a threat to our operation. Absolutely. I guess we'll find out in a couple of months what that, uh, what that resolution piece is. I really like the interplay between Gordon and Bruce. So in this, this little snippet, it's one of the questions that I think I've seen asked everywhere, every time somebody that doesn't know about Gotham hears about it. And they go, oh, it's Batman without, it's Gotham without Batman. Batman show without Batman. It's a constant question that seems to come up over and over again, regardless of whether they know the answer or not. This is a show about Gotham. This is a show about Gordon. And this shows what the interplay will be between Bruce and Gordon. They always had a relationship that we're aware of in the past. And this particular couple of scenes show how Gordon will deal with Bruce. I think that's all within this context. You hear the commissioner come back again, saying that Gotham is on the knife edge. This pivotal moment is occurring and it might be down to the the murder of thomas and martha wayne Mm. and it descends into chaos and corruption or it comes out of that and to the light and i suppose you would expect it to descend because it's only with the batman that there is some movement out of that chaos and corruption Mm -hmm. to safety Speaking um, speaking of despair, that the, there's a quick rest of the trailer. Really, is a lot of quick cuts and a lot of scenes that you see. There's a point there where Bruce is standing, what looks like on top of Wayne Manor. He doesn't look like he's doing the Batman pose where he's standing surveying a city. He looks pretty close to jumping. No, and um, Catwoman and is kind of looking on, and you get that impression. Yeah, the young Selena Kyle, I should say. Yeah, um, she's looking on, and then you know about another quick cut later she's standing on top of the building she looks like she's surveying her city it looks like a very different uh, juxtaposition between the two of them yeah. where Bruce looks like he's about to throw himself off the million dollar mansion she looks like she's um, she's staring out across her city from the top of a building uh, Big that time. was quite interesting you that's, also... our only, that's our only real Selena piece isn't it in the yeah trailer? there's not much of uh, the young Selena Kyle actually in this trailer which is a shame because with Oswald Cobblepot with Selena Kyle I'm really interested to see these two characters in this show yeah. and, and how they develop and, and progress you see a bit of downtime between Jim Gordon and Barbara Keane. Mm-hmm. You see them having some one-on-one time after a hard day at the office. Yeah, she looks like she's comforting after a hard day at the office, what I thought. But yeah, and the other two villains are introduced, so two more. Yeah, exactly. So we, we have our, our first quick look at the man who will become the Riddler. Yeah, uh, Edward Nygma. Edward Nygma. And we get our first look at the the young girl who will become Poison Ivy as well. Yeah, who's um, known in in this as Ivy Pepper. Possibly, yeah. yeah I think. Couple, yeah, there's a couple of, couple of possibilities for what she's called. There's been two different names, I think, given in the comic books. I think uh, Ivy. IMDB, I think, call her Ivy Pepper. Not always to be a definite source of information, so we're we're gonna call her Ivy Pepper. We'll call her Ivy Pepper for a moment, but again, I think she's another fan favorite, a character, Poison Ivy. You mm-hmm. know, that will be really interesting to see the origins or the oranges um, <laughs> of 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 her arc. And um, although I do quite like the idea that um, in the scene she's by a plant and she has one of those squirty guns to water plants and i just wondered whether 
they had pesticides in it. I don't know. I was thinking poison, and I was thinking she she was experimenting with new toxins or something. But it's really good little image of her sort of stood there. Someone walks into a, a room and she's kind of there tending a, an ivy plant. Yeah, I got I get a feeling that that's that that might even be the final scene of the first pilot episode. I, I get the feeling that. I don't know, it, it, it seems like a lot of characters to bring in a pilot, I, but and I feel that there's going to be some, that has to be a lead-in, now, now that it's a confirmed series, that has to be lead-in to the next episode. I kind of get that feeling that, that Poison Ivy might be that lead-in to what, what's going to happen next in Gotham. So we get confirmation, ultimately, at least they're going to be there in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the first few episodes, at least the first one. Yeah, and, and what did you think uh, of Edward Nygma and... and... Uh, I think it's Corey Michael Smith. Like it was a very brief glimpse. It wasn't yeah. so much that you you got really any sense. All I could kind of think of was that he almost looked like a lawyer. He almost looked like. I mean, I know there's the suggestion that he has helped Gotham City Police in in the past. You know, some of his story arc. There was no real sense of the possibilities of his story just from the very brief oh, look that we we got but that's absolutely to be expected. It, was, it was very much just the right smile of a of potentially a scientist or a lawyer or something some professional but you're told beforehand that this is the thing that will change everything this is the start of these characters this is before they were the riddler who were they you know before it was catwoman who was it before it was poison ivy who was it all of these frames all of these little sequences are interspersed with writing that gives you kind of this idea and it basically runs witness the origins of the infamous city one detective one mission one crime that will change everything in one city the saga begins before penguin before catwoman before Riddler, before Poison Ivy, before the Batman, there was Gotham. A really yeah, cool. statement <laughs> of fact, really interesting. Yeah. Really good statement of really intent of the show, yeah, and that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we're excited about, and I think I'm even more excited after watching the trailer. I know I was not expecting that this particular Sunday we'd be seeing footage of the show. I didn't expect an announcement of the 13 episodes coming up, and I certainly didn't expect to be having a discussion of this in depth with a two-minute trailer, but they've given us loads. Yeah, it's it's a really exciting time for people who are, are really looking forward to the show. We are. The the trailer just gives so many little tidbits for contemplation as to what might happen, how it might develop, and just it's cool to see these people on the screen being brought to life by some amazing actors, a great cast it seems that they've put together Mm -hmm. with a potential big big story and it will be interesting to see how that pans out and i hope that they maintain what seems to be promised in this trailer yeah that's it for our look at the extended trailer of gotham really excited to have done it want to hear your thoughts about it obviously and i also want to give a bit of thanks to some of the fans that we've talked to or some of the fan sites that we've talked to over the last couple of days yeah, we've had really kind of good discussion on Twitter. Obviously, with the release of the trailer and the teaser trailer, there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot of excitement for people who are really excited to see this show come to the TV yeah. and are excited about the characters. Definitely. Um, so go check out uh, foxgothamfans.wordpress.com. Um, Absolutely. A great site. Uh, they're, they're really doing a great job over there. And also Sean Lunn2002.blogspot.com. Yeah. Another Irish blogger, you know, who's really excited about TV, is looking yeah. forward to 
to this show as well yeah, as it's... the Fox Gotham fans. So really good to be having a, a dialogue and some chit chat over Twitter or Facebook and so on with, with these people. It's yeah. great. And if you would like to get in contact with us and continue the conversation about this trailer, it'd be great. You can get us on Facebook at Gotham TV Podcast. You can get us on Twitter, Gotham TV Podcast again. You can email us any of your thoughts. Gotham TV Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And just remember, we're running a competition at the moment to win. It's a signed print of the Penguin, a.k.a. Oswald Cobblepot. Don't think it looks anything like Robin Lord Taylor, but it's a, it's a great print by Michael J. Fletcher that we picked up at the MCM Comic-Con here in Ireland um, about two, three weeks ago. Go check out our website at gothamtvpodcast.com. All you need to do is comment and tell us your thoughts, and hopefully it'll lead to a good discussion between us and the best one that we pick when the show airs. Gets the print. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the excitement over the trailer. And we'll be back to you with episode seven, which will be looking at Nolan's first installment of his trilogy, Batman Begins. So again, thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Go watch the trailer again. It's awesome. So mm-hmm.